Sunday morning, you're listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? This is Christian Talk Radio, here to challenge the status quo. If you keep doing what you're doing, you'll keep getting what you're getting. But if you want to see a change, if you want a spiritual revolution, if you need a spiritual renewal, stay with us. We are here to inspire, to inform, and to challenge you to consider what does the Lord say regarding life's issues. Visit our website for information on how you can join us for morning prayer. Access previous podcasts of this broadcast, or you can even now access and download this podcast in iTunes. There is also information to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, or even sponsor this show. Visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. We would love to hear from you. In 2 Kings chapter 6, beginning at verse 8, the Bible says, Then the king of Syria warned against Israel and took counsel with his servants, saying, In such and such a place shall my camp be. And the man of God sent unto the king of Israel, saying, Beware that thou pass not such a place, for thither the Syrians are come down. And the king of Israel sent to the place which the man of God told him and warned him of, and saved himself there not once nor twice, but many times. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was sore troubled for this thing, and he called his servants and said unto them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? And one of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha, the prophet that is in Israel, tells the king of Israel the words that you are speaking in your bedchamber. And the king said, Go and spy where he is, that I may send and fetch him. And it was told the king, saying, Behold, Elisha is in Dothan. Therefore sent he thither his horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and compassed the city about. And when Elisha's servant was risen early, and gone forth, behold, a host encamped the city, both with horses and chariots. And the servant said unto Elisha, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And Elisha answered the servant and said, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the young man's eyes, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I ask you the same question that I have to ask myself from time to time, the same question that God asked of Abraham. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Just for the next few minutes, I just want to reinforce and encourage your heart that God is bigger. He's bigger than everything you face, anything you go through, every dilemma that is confronting you in your life. God is bigger. We use words such as omnipotent and omnipresent and omniscient to describe the glory and the, and the power and the might of God. But even in these words, 
that we use to talk about his power, his presence, and his knowledge, they fall far short of our ability to adequately ascribe unto or describe for others the very power and glory of our God. We are trying to take natural words and describe a supernatural God, one who transcends our ability to articulate what it is about him that we find so marvelous and so wonderful and so magnificent. I mean, he transcends our ability to even articulate how great and how grandeur he really is. Our language, our English language and the command thereof falls so short because we're trying to put in natural words, descriptions of someone who is supernatural, his very existence, his very power, his very glory exceeds the vocabulary that has been given unto us. God is bigger than our ability to comprehend him. He is supremely able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or even imagine. God is so much bigger than everything we've ever known, everything we've ever encountered, everything that we've ever imagined, everything that we have ever dreamed. God is so much bigger. If you can imagine it, then you know that you're still stratospheres below the ability of God. He supersedes our ability to even comprehend, explain, grasp, or understand who he is, how great he is, how magnificent and wonderful he is. If you come up short trying to explain him, it's because you will never be able to adequately put in words that which is befitting of a God the size of our of our Lord. He is bigger bigger than every disease, every illness, every dilemma, every fear, every mountain, every turmoil, every battle, every issue. God is bigger. And I pray that before we finish, as you're listening, that you would remember just how big he is. He is so much bigger than everything we've ever known. In second Kings chapter six, Elisha, the prophet of God has been receiving revelation directly from God about what the king of Syria is planning to do. God keeps revealing the king's war strategies that he is plotting in secret. He's plotting these in his bedchamber. He's plotting these in his war room. And every time he plots and plans where to lay ambush that he might overtake the Israelites and defeat them in war, that he might take them by surprise and capture them unaware, God gives the secret, reveals it unto Elisha, and Elisha tells it unto the king of Israel so that the king of Israel will not go to the place where the king of Syria is laying in wait. He will not fall prey to the ambushment that is set as a trap for he and his men. And every time he keeps getting around the trick and the cunningness of the king of Syria, so much so that the king of Syria said, the only way I could be losing this many wars, this many battles, the only way I could be this defeated against my enemy is if I've got a spy in the camp. There's somebody in my camp that is going back telling the king of Israel 
tomorrow. Everything I'm plotting and planning because he keeps being one step ahead of me. No matter what I plan or how well I plan it, it doesn't matter how spontaneous the plan. Every time I set a siege and lay a plan and plot a strategy, The king of Israel is one or two steps ahead of me and I can't catch him no matter what snare I have set. Somebody's telling him my secrets and I want to know who's in my camp that's on the king of Israel's side. That's what the king asked of his men. Who is it that is in my camp that is really for my enemy? And one of the servants said, oh, king, don't you worry. None of us are plotting against you. None of us are conspiring against you. The truth is that there's a man of God over on the side of Israel and God keeps telling him all of your secrets. Well, apparently that was good enough for the king to believe because he said, then tell me where he is. And they told him where Elisha was and he set forth to go and take siege and to capture Elisha. Now listen, it would stand to reason to me that if God has been revealing my secrets to this prophet, every time I plan a thing, every time I plot a thing, every strategy I come up with, if God is telling him this, then when I lay a new strategy to go capture him, uh, wouldn't you think God might tell him that too? The king must not have thought of that. I don't know, but he set out to go take hold of Elisha and his plan was, we see how he planned it. He marched up to the place Dotham where Elisha was. He went to the city where they told him Elisha was. He surrounded the city with horses and chariots. He brought many men and much armor and he surrounded the city and laid wait all night long. He was going to take him by surprise in the morning and what happened was one of Elisha men, one of his servants got up early in the morning. And when he looked out, he saw that there's a great host of the armies of the enemies that has surrounded us. And it looks like they're coming to kill us. Then there's just me and Elisha. And I see all of these horses and all of these chariots and all of this weaponry. We are in trouble. That's what the servant surmised. He said, when I look out over the land and I see that we are encompassed on the left and on the right, in the front and in the back, and there's horses and chariots and weaponry and all of these skilled men of war coming out against us. I know that we've got trouble on every side. And so he runs back to Elisha and he wakes him up. Kind of reminds me of the disciples out on the ship when the storm rose up and Jesus was in the bottom of the ship asleep. It wasn't that Jesus didn't know there was a storm. It was that Jesus didn't care that there was a storm because the master of the storm was the one who was asleep in the ship. And he knew that there was no storm, no wind, no rain, no turmoil that was going to be able to sink that ship as long as he was on board. Well, Elisha is now fast asleep. And it's not that Elisha doesn't know that the enemies have surrounded the house. It's not that Elisha doesn't know 
that the horses and the chariots are outside. It's not that Elisha doesn't know that the enemy is well armed and come to defeat them. It's that Elisha is not concerned about it. God did reveal to him the strategies of the enemy. God did let him know that the enemy had come to surround the camp because he didn't have any concern when the servant woke him up in sheer panic and sheer fear to tell him, my Lord, what are we going to do? Elijah just didn't even go to the window to look out, didn't ask him how many men there were, didn't wonder how long they had been there, didn't get concerned about how close they were to their to their uh, house. He didn't wonder any of that. The only thing he said, because he had already been talking to the Lord, he said, don't you worry, what I see is bigger than what you see. You see the host of the armies of the enemy, but I see the host of the armies of heaven. You see the weapons that are formed against us, but I see the weapons that are formed for me. You see the enemy that comes to defeat us, but I see the Lord who fights on my side. Lord, open the young man's eyes that he may see what I see. What I see is that God on my side is greater than the enemy that has risen up against me. Sometimes you just got to ask the Lord, Lord, what I see is not what I want to see. What I see brings fear to my heart. What I see causes me to be troubled. What I see is the wind and the rain and the storm all around me. What I see is my ship tossing and turning. What I see is a Red Sea before me and Pharaoh and his army behind me. What I see is not good, but I want to see what you see, dear God. I want to see what you see. I want to see the host of the armies of the Lord around me. I want to see that if I would stretch forth my hand and speak to the sea, that the waters would part. I want to see that if I go into the fire, that the son of God will come into this fire and go through it with me. I want to see that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. I want to see that I can do all things through Christ because he is my strength. I want to see that I don't have to fear what the enemy shall do unto me because God is on my side. I want to see that God has favored me because he does not allow my enemies to triumph over me. Lord, let me see just what you see that you are bigger than my enemy, bigger than the war that has risen up against me, bigger than the dilemma I face, bigger than the mountain that is before me, bigger than the Red Sea that is in front of me, bigger than all that the enemy has thrown at me. I see the resistance, but you see the dream. I see the problem, but you see the promise. I see the issue, but you see the fulfillment. Lord, let me see just what you see so that the wind does not trouble me. The storm does not set me back. The issues don't turn me around and the problems don't discourage me. Let me see what you see that even if I'm troubled on every side, I don't have to be distressed. Even if I'm perplexed, I don't have to be in despair. Even if I'm persecuted, I will know that I'm not forsaken. Even when I'm cast 
cast down. I will be confident that I am not destroyed. Let me see what you see that I am victorious more than a conqueror an overcomer and a winner through Christ Jesus, my Lord, that all I need to do is stand still and you will fight this battle for me. Let me see the host of heaven that is encompassed all around me. The enemy has come in like a flood, but let me see that you have lifted up a standard against my enemy and let me see that though he comes against me one way, you will cause him to scatter and flee seven different ways. Let me see that these evils shall not come nigh my dwelling, but only with my eyes shall I see and behold the reward of the wicked. Open up my eyes that I may behold in the supernatural the things that you, dear God, have laid in place for me, that I can see that you are supremely able and bigger than all of my issues, bigger than all of my problems. You are a great Lord in abundant in power. Your understanding is beyond measure. I know that my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways, but as far as the heavens are above the earth, your ways are above my ways, dear God. Let me see the ways of God. Let me, dear God, understand the way in which you lead me, the way in which you take me. The path that I'm looking at is difficult and hard, and I see the resistance because the enemy, the accuser of the brethren, has come to resist the people of God, and I feel it, and I see it, and all I can concentrate on is the resistance, but dear God, would you let me see what you see. When you look upon me, you don't see the filthy garments. You don't see the one that has messed up and blown it 62 times. But when you look upon me, you see one that has been washed in the blood of the lamb. You see one that shall be victorious through Christ Jesus, my Lord. Let me see just what you see, that you are bigger than my circumstance, bigger than the disease that ravishes my body, bigger than the problems that I experience in my family, bigger than the issues that I have on my job. You are so much bigger, and I want to see just what you see, that God, you are bigger.
and the universe. I know you're great in all the earth. You are bigger. You transcend our world. You exceed our imagination. You surpass our comprehension. As Isaiah asked the question, have you not known, have you not heard that the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth? You don't faint, you don't get weary, and there is no searching of your understanding. And Jeremiah said, it is he who made the earth by his power who established the world by his wisdom and by his understanding stretched out the heavens. You said, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? We know there is nothing too hard for you. Nothing that you cannot do. Nothing that uh, exceeds your ability or your might. Nothing, dear God, that is greater than our God. And we, Father, want to give you honor and we want to give you praise. We want to honor you as though you are bigger than the universe. We want to worship you as though you are bigger than every Lord and bigger than every God and bigger than every King and bigger than everything that we've ever known. You are bigger than everything that we deal with. Father, we thank you. Would you open up our eyes to see, to behold, to understand, to catch a glimpse of just how grandeur and big and magnificent and marvelous you are. You know, before his eyes, his spiritual eyes were open, when he looked out, what he saw was that there were horses and chariots and men of war from the enemy's camp that were surrounding them all about, and he was fearful. But when Elisha prayed that God would open up the young man's eyes, and God answered the prayer and opened up the young man's eyes, then when he looked the second time, what he saw was that the host of heaven was all around Elisha and the host of heaven was bigger and stronger and greater than the host of the army of the enemy. You need to take a second look. And when you take a second look, you need to ask God that he would open up the eyes of your understanding and the eyes of your faith that you would see the supernatural. God give you the ability to discern supernaturally the things that are not easily discerned in the natural. You want to be able to see as God sees. You want to be able to take him at his word. When I can't feel his hand moving in my life, I want to believe his word that he will do what he said. Sometimes you can't feel his hand moving, but you got to believe what he has said in his word. So you got to take him at his word. Faith is believing in even when you don't have the evidence that what you are believing is going to come to pass. When I look with the natural eye, I see catastrophe. I see dilemma. I see hardship. I see resistance. I see problems. I see disease. I see debt. But when I look through the eyes of faith, I see an opportunity for God to manifest a miracle in my life. I see an opportunity for God to turn my circumstance around. One thing I know is that this has not taken God by surprise. It may have caught you unaware. It may have caught you off guard, but God knows all things. He knew it before it got to you. As a matter of fact, he 
had to size it up to make sure that the trial was befitting for your strength. He had to make sure that what you are dealing with would not consume you, would not destroy you, would not overtake you. He made sure before it got to you that you'd be able to handle it because he told us through the assurance of the gospel that there is no temptation taken us, but such as is common to man. And he will not allow you to be tempted above what you are able to bear. But if it comes to your door, you can handle it. If it is in your life, you can take it. If God has allowed it in your life, then you will get through it. He said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, there's your answer right there. You are going through this valley. You're going in it, but you're coming out on the other side. You have the blessed assurance and the word of God, the promise that never fails that you will come out of this thing that you're in. So ask God to open up your eyes that you may behold and see and rejoice before the battle is over, that you might take him at his word and know that you don't have to fear. You can go to sleep. You don't have to stay up worrying all night because you can't add one thing to your circumstance and take one thing away from your trial by worrying all night long. The only thing you're doing is giving yourself an ulcer. The only thing you're doing is racking your mind with anxiety. You might as well go to sleep. Do like Jesus and sleep even though the storm is raging. Do like Elisha and sleep even though the enemies are forming on the outside. You might as well go to sleep. There's nothing you can do about it anyway. God's got this one. You don't have to fight in this battle. God will win this battle for you. The only thing he requires is that you praise him and glorify him and thank him for the victory in advance. You just lift your hands and worship him and honor him and trust that he will do just what he said he would do. God is bigger than your circumstance. God is bigger than the issues you're facing. God is bigger than the universe. He is bigger than everything that you go through. Supremely able to do exceeding abundantly above all you could ask or think. God gave Elisha the victory. Two men, two men, and God allowed them to defeat the host of the armies of the enemy. He's still a miracle worker. Dear God, we thank you for this day that you have made and for allowing us the opportunity and privilege to come into your presence. Would you, dear God, open the eyes of our faith that we may behold and see you high and lifted up as you are, that we may behold you in your glory and majesty, in your magnificence and splendor, that we may see that you are bigger than our dilemma, bigger than our circumstance, bigger than everything we face. You are bigger than cancer and bigger than diabetes. You are bigger than every disease. You are bigger than every war, bigger than the Pope, the Queen, the President. You are bigger than every trial and affliction, bigger than the sun, the moon, and the stars. May we hear God see We 
Thank you for tuning in. You have been listening to Twyla Southall and L.J. Renee with What Does the Lord Say? For information on this program, on how you can subscribe to or access previous podcasts of this broadcast, visit our website at www.whatdoesthelordsay.com. Until next time.